Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. People often talk about how God can't be all that loving since He allows us to go through such horrific trials. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that we have to allow the people we love most to mess up in order that they might learn from their mistakes. God didn't breathe death into this world. We managed that all on our own. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 12, 2023. It's my hope and my prayer that today's prophecy teaching in particular will be an encouragement, especially to those who find themselves being crushed under this pressure to go along, to get along. I think you would agree that it's becoming increasingly difficult in these last days to stand out and stand strong, stand up under the intensity of this pressure. Thankfully, Bible prophecy, imagine, (laughs) in the book of Revelation, imagine, (laughs) provides us with the much needed hope that we can, in fact, stand. And we can do so in the power of His might and His strength, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, as we're now going to see in Revelation chapter 2. Now, last week we looked at one of these seven churches. Today I want to look at Another one of these seven churches, the church in Thyatira, interesting church. I suppose I should say that the Lord as of late has been really ministering to me in a powerful and profound way out of the book of Revelation, specifically in chapters 2 and 3 as it relates to these seven churches. There's just, it's just, it's coming alive for me. And I shouldn't be surprised, Uh, the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. But I think the Lord has a word for us here today, and I, I want to share with you from this letter to this church, beginning in verse 18. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. So would to God 
that we would see the majesty of Jesus like this. Verse 19, I know your deeds. There's quite a list here. This is quite a church here. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. In other words, this was a very faithful church. This was a very loving church. This was a very serving and persevering church. And they were growing and doing good. But then there's verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, sick bed as some of your translations render it, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I, verse 23, will strike her children dead. Whoa. Then all the churches will know that I am He who searches their hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now, verse 24, I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. Just hold on. Just keep holding on. I'm coming. To him who overcomes, verse 27, and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations, just as I have received authority from my Father, I will also give him the morning star. And then he ends the letter as he ends all the letters. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Oh Lord, what do you want to say to us, your church? We have ears to hear. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. The reason I chose this letter to this church is because it describes with a prophetic precision the condition of today's church collectively and today's Christian individually. I, I hope there's never 
a disconnect. It's easy to do. We're all prone to it, and I'll explain what I mean by it, but a a disconnect from the passage of Scripture. And, And here's what that sounds like and looks like in the life of a believer. Well, this was for them then. Disconnect? No. Uh, It's for you now. Otherwise it wouldn't be here. All Scripture is God-breathed. And it has a purpose, an intended end, and sometimes it's for instruction, protection, direction, exhortation, rebuke. We got a rebuke here. That's a pretty strong rebuke. But we need it. And don't dismiss it, and don't disconnect from it. And please, whatever you do, we, I think it was last week, right, Capono prayed, Lord, don't let us, you know, think that this is for somebody else. That's a very good prayer, because we do that, right? Come on, let's be honest. We sit under the teaching of God's Word, and it's a strong word. And what do we do? Well, we disconnect ourselves from the application of it, and we think to ourselves, man, so-and-so needs to hear this. I think I'll send them the link. (laughs) Yeah, you better copy yourself in that link. (laughs) So please, I'm, I'm asking kindly and lovingly, don't disconnect, because to do so would be to your own peril. This letter to this church is for us as God's church today. And this for a number of reasons, the first of which is the name, is the nature. We're learning this, right? Replete throughout Scripture, the name is the nature. And the name Thyatira has the meaning of sacrifice and offering, and that's going to come into clearer focus here momentarily. So Thyatira, interesting city, it wasn't a port city, so they had to rely, because they were inland, on their commerce in other ways. So they were known as the trade center, dare I say the world trade center, in the known world of that region in that day. And as such, they, they had formed these business associations, And these business associations, these trade centers or unions, if you prefer, were connected to Greek and Roman gods. And because these trade unions were so powerful, they would have to go along with sexual immorality and idolatry if they were to have any hope of keeping their jobs and their livelihood. It's believed that these unions had mandatory meetings, which were associated with these many gods in which they were pressured to participate. If they refused to offer sacrifices to these pagan gods, Their very livelihood was at stake, 
relegating them to either low-paying jobs or worse yet, no jobs at all. Enter this church in this city under this pressure and the ensuing letter that the Savior has the Apostle John write in this regard. Namely, that they as a church were tolerating allowing this Jezebel, this woman who was misleading. And I want you to notice the detail with which John is inspired to write this. My servants, those are my children. Those are my people. And you're allowing this Jezebel to mislead my people. That's not okay because she's misleading the Lord's servants to offer these sinful sacrifices. And you're letting it happen. This is the more serious rebuke. Certainly it doesn't excuse those who were being misled in this church. But it was the leadership of the church. They were allowing it. Think through this with me. Would you allow someone to come into your home, into your family, to mislead your children into sin? Maybe it's not someone, maybe it's something. You're going to allow that? Well, you're going to be held to an account for that. That's why as church leadership, we take this very seriously. We're going to talk a little bit more about this second service in Second Peter. Uh, it's, I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but wherever you're at in God's Word is where you're at. As a church, in church life, in your Christian life, anywhere in the Word of God, because it's alive and active, it activates it applies His living Word, and it comes alive, and it's kind of like, oh, 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 how did He know? Well, He's all-knowing, actually. But have you ever been in the Word of God, and you know it's the Word of God, because only God knows that about you? Nobody else knows that. And when God's Word just leaps off the pages of your Bible or your device, and just, I mean personally and powerfully, pierces and cuts that double-edged sword that cuts between soul and spirit and bone and marrow, and I mean it just cuts to the heart. That's the Word of God. And such is the case today, because like last week, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Well, are you going to do this again next week? I don't know. Don't pressure me. <laughs> we might. We'll see. But again, I think the Lord has a word for us today. And this was so serious that it would rise to this level. And listen to what he's saying to the leadership of this church. 
You're allowing it to happen. This is on you, man. You're the leadership of the church and you're allowing this woman to come into my church and mislead my servants into this. That's not okay. And by the way, I'm going to do something about it because apparently you're not. This was causing damage. And these people were posing a threat. And absent repentance, this threat was so serious and would rise to the level of being so serious that God would cast her on a bed of sickness and those with her would suffer intensely. So much so. Again, absent repentance. So much so that some would even die. Why? Well, stay with me on this. This is hard, tough stuff, but it's truth. And I want you to think about your own family, your own home. If someone or something posed a formidable threat to my children, my wife, my family, my home, uh, I'm going to deal very decisively, very swiftly with it to protect my children from this threat. And that's what God is doing here. This is a loving heavenly Father who wants to protect His people, His servants, His church. So He'll try to get their attention, put them on a sickbed, and if they still don't repent, even after all of that, well, listen, I tried. God knows. I, I went to all of my Bible translations. I have many Bible translations on my computer. I was trying to look for something that wasn't as strong as, I'm going to kill your children. Whoa, that's surely, the, that's a, there's a better translation. You just kind of take a little, little bit of the edge off of it. And what I found was it was actually worse and even more graphic and horrific than that. And so, of course, the, the question becomes, why God? <laughs> well, because if I don't kill, they'll kill. Like gangrene, the Apostle Paul says, like cancer, it will spread. If you keep allowing this in my church, it will bring the death of my church. And i got to protect my people. Now, lest one think that this is disproportionate, unloving, unjust, one need look no further than to the seriousness of this rising to this level within a church. And I'm speaking of the church in Corinth. And it's evidenced by Paul's first letter to this church, chapter 11, verses 27 through 32, concerning, very similarly, putting people on a sickbed because of what they were doing at the Lord's Supper. And he even said, some of you are dying. Do you want to know why? It's because you're not discerning the body. What do you mean? Well, if you pose a threat to my body, 
my people, my church, my servants, and I can't get your attention by putting you on a sickbed, I'm just going to bring you home early. And it's for your protection too. But mainly, more importantly, it's for the protection of my body of believers. So premature death. Now, please know that sickness and death are not usually because of God's judgment. They're the result of living in a fallen world. When sin entered this world, death with sin entered this world. This was never God's original plan for man. But He gave man free will. And He'll never force Himself on us. So when we make those choices, we bring this upon ourselves. By the way, we finished the book of Jeremiah on Thursday night, 52 chapters. I was told, I don't want to check and know, but I think we were about one year in the book of Jeremiah, which isn't bad actually, considering we spent almost three years in the book of Romans a number of years ago. But the book that comes after Jeremiah is the book of Lamentations. Doesn't that sound perky? You know what Lamentations are? They're funeral dirges. It's one of those words that sounds like what it is, a dirge. They're poems, they're songs. They're a mourning and a lamenting at the destruction of Judah. And This Thursday, Lord willing, we're going to start in Lamentations. Uh, You'll be pleased to know there's only five of these dirges, but uh, so we're going to take the first one. But what we're going to see in there is what our sin causes, the damage it causes, the damage and the harm it causes us, the damage and the harm it causes others and certainly the grief that it brings to the heart of God, what our sin causes. So again, just to reiterate, death and sickness are for the most part a result of living in a fallen world. However, there does come a time when God may deem it necessary to first get one's attention to repent on a sickbed. But if that does not lead to their repentance, then He'll remove them. And in removing them, so too has He also removed the threat they pose to His church. That's what this letter is saying. And this is again why I emphasize, please don't dismiss it or disconnect from it because this is a word for us today, if we have ears to hear. And this word should send chills up and down the spine of every pastor, every leader of every church, because again the onus is on us to protect this flock of God. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, 
Take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.